justification. Now that does not sound like a very heavy feedback coming back through the monitors. I don't know what that is. There it's gone. Praise God. We cast that demon out. Hallelujah. Justification. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. This doesn't sound like something that goes hand in hand with the Spirit of the Lord's Word this morning. But at the same time, it just may loosen somebody or somebody's up for the express purpose of going, Oh, now I get that. Oh, okay. Because here's the thing. I think oftentimes we run around in our Christianity and we talk about our salvation We talk about being redeemed, and we talk about such things like this, and we take them kind of nonchalantly. Where in reality, there is actually a process that went on in your life as a saved believer, or would go on in someone who's not yet converted, if they only understood it. And if we can grasp how God set into motion this process, we'll have a better understanding of what it is that has occurred in our lives. That understanding gives us liberty. It gives us freedom. Understanding something... Well, let let, let me just take a real rough illustration here. Right back here on my right is a dear friend, Randy Warren. He is a professional welder. Okay? Randy knows how to weld. He goes all over this country, and whenever he shows up at a job, he actually has to prove his craft before they let him on the job. Am I wrong? I'm right. Yep. He actually has to show them what he does in order for them to say, okay, you can work. He's a professional. He works all over the country doing that kind of thing. Now, who here has no idea at all how to weld? Okay, every one of you now, I want you to imagine suddenly being lifted up and tossed in the middle of Randy's professional world and being required to do what he does. That's where that little three-note hits real hard. Because you don't know how to do it, and you don't understand the process and the concept, you fail miserably at executing the task. Now, you take each one of you that raise your hand, I do not know how to weld. And you get trained. And you are taught how to do this and then you're dropped in the middle of Randy's world and you can go about proceeding in the test and the task with effectiveness and efficiency that is your Christianity ladies and gentlemen because more often than not I fear although we are right in our status as saved we're doing it because someone else has told us so, and we just happen to have lucked into the fact that we happen to be right. 
Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to start with verses 1 and 2. That's where we're going to hang today. And this is my whole... It's kind of like I have a new lease on life with respect to you guys because I, I, I pondered the why are we sticking with these foundational, elemental concept, theological concepts. For week, weeks and weeks ago, we were talking about redemption and being redeemed. And we made a kind of a glancing blow across the, the, the bow of salvation. And now we're going to look this morning at justification. And it's only one message. You can talk about justification for the rest of the day. But we're not going to do that, despite the fact that I do tend to preach long. We're just going to give it a glancing blow today. And it's important that we look at this and understand it. Let's look at the Word of God. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I've said this before, I will say it again in the future, a hundred times over. We're not going to do this this morning, but when you see the word therefore, look and see what it's there for. In other words, whatever, whenever someone writes the word therefore in the Word of God, Understand, there's likely, that's sarcasm, there is always something for you to understand that that person wrote before they wrote the word therefore. It gives context. It gives meaning to what they're about to say in a deeper sense. So here in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, we start out with the word therefore. When you go home at some point during this week, look and see what therefore is therefore. And understand what he's talking about. Therefore, since we have been, which means this has already happened. This is an established fact. This is an established reality. Since we have been justified, since this has happened, now with those few words right there, those five words, you start to realize why he said therefore. Because he set the groundwork for the since we have been part of this verse. Okay? Since we have been justified through faith, That right there is the vehicle by which we have been justified. Faith. Now look what this justification through faith has accomplished. We have peace with God. That's what this justification... You said, well, I got that when I got saved. You're only partially right. And there's a reason you're only partially right. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Hold on to your seat. This is going to be fun. We have peace with God. How did we get peace with God? Through who? Our Lord, Jesus Christ. Through whom? Look at this. Through whom we have gained access 
by faith, wow, there's that faith thing again, into this grace, grace, God's, what has been referred to a million point five times, is God's unmerited, meaning you didn't earn it, favor. It was a decision on His part to give, grant you favor. Nothing you did, sorry, it's nothing you do to keep it, by the way. It is a divine edict. He decided it. It has permanence beyond anything you can imagine because there's nothing in your world, brothers and sisters, that you can point to that is in fact permanent. Not even time itself. With one exception. Him. Him. Into this grace, this unmerited favor, this favor that He established and placed on us in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's our text this morning. Therefore, verse 1, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access. Now, that those two words, gained access, kind of sounds like you're standing on the pinnacle of or you're about to walk into. That's not the impression you want. The Greek word here actually means to abide in. So you're in there and you're existing and living there. Okay? We have gained access again by faith into this grace which we now stand. This morning, as I've already stated, I want to talk to you a little bit about the concept, the idea of justification. What do we mean when we say we are justified? What does that mean? What is meant by the term justification in the biblical context? Well, let's just get started with some people who are way smarter than me. The late Dr. Aaron M. Wilson, one of my professors in Bible college, in his book, Basic Bible Truth, makes reference to an age-old adage concerning justification by saying this. This is what Dr. Wilson said, quote, To be justified has been explained as being just as if I'd never sinned. End quote. Now I want you to let that sit and percolate for just a second. Now remember, justification isn't our idea. It's not just some concept we've cooked up in some theological laboratory. Justification is His idea. God's idea. And if in fact Dr. Wilson is accurate in his, in his assessment concerning what it means to be justified, I want you, in your honesty, looking into the, 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 the Word of God, looking back at yourself like a mirror, as James 1 says, have you ever sinned? I have one enthusiastic individual say, oh yeah! Thank you, Linda. I appreciate your ministry. Have you ever sinned? 
The old, old statement that has been run around the block more times than I can count is we are just sinners saved by grace, which is a factual situation, a factual statement. But in reality, if we will just stop long enough to ponder God's assessment of us post-salvation and realize that because He has justified us, we are standing before God just as if I'd never sinned. That means in His eyes, you are absolutely different, altered individual. Think about that. I think back in retrospect into my past and to suggest that I stand before Him just as if I'd never sinned, that almost makes me laugh. But that's how we stand. Let's move on. Another great theologian. Someone, author, theologian, that if you do not have the book, Knowing God, go buy it yesterday. Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Packer was just introduced by our worship leader in a Bible study we're doing uh, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, Packer was introduced into uh, the worship team's Bible study a week, uh, two weeks ago, near a week and a half ago. And I told them the same thing. If you're not reading Knowing God, go get it tomorrow. Okay? J.I. Packer, according to him, justification is, quote, Now listen, God's forgiveness of the past together with His acceptance of the future. If you thought just as if I'd never sinned was hard to contemplate, think about this. Justification is God's forgiveness of the past together with His acceptance of the future. Now, before anybody jumps off the, the ledge of, well, that sounds like unconditional eternal security. I want, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it again today, and I'll say it in the future as need be. I do not adhere to unconditional eternal security in any way, shape, or form. However, I am a staunch adherent to eternal security. In Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, from a theological point of view, if you want to know the type of church, and I don't mean just Pentecostal Church of God denomination, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the type of worship tradition, a Protestant based worship tradition that you're sitting in, it's known as conditional eternal security if you want to know the truth of the matter. It's not unconditional, despite the fact that 
Packer says it's forgiveness of the past together with acceptance of the future because this is the expectation of God on you and I. I covered this weeks ago when talking about redemption and salvation. Why do you have to worry about sin at all if God saved you and redeemed you forever and always? And it's not a question of of legislating proper behavior before God. It's a change of heart which motivates you and I to obey the Word of God and to do so with every fiber of our being. Now I'm going to drop right here. Not the mic. It's attached to my ear. But I'm going to drop this little point right here. And I'm probably going to reiterate this point when I get to the end of this message. You can't talk about justification without also addressing the concept of apostasy. You can't. Not and do it in completion. So at some point in the very near future, we're going to look at apostasy as well. Possibly even next week. We'll find out. But the reality is, is that I want you to stop and ponder the saying... That justification is the acceptance of God, or the, the forgiveness of God of your past, and joined with the acceptance of the future. What kind of security does that establish for you? How secure does that make you? I have to go back because we get entangled and we, we separate our real worlds with the theological divine kingdom of God world, and we don't see them as, this, as, as similar. And God made When God created, He created everything to look like and reflect back on what He is, what He does, and what He has established. If you want to know the truth about your security in Him, and it's not unconditional, but if you want to know about your security in Him, just look at your relationship with your own children. Or if you don't have any, look at someone else's relationship with their children. Or look in the mirror and know that you're somebody's child. And so minute, so rare are the occasions where a parent completely disowns a child. We can't even address that. We can't even bring that into the focus today. Now, there are so many iterations of that, I can't go into it right now. But you have to understand that God so loved the world. That He gave His only begotten Son just for the express purposes of having you in relationship with Him. And for Him to extract you from this world into His. God's forgiveness of the past together with His acceptance of the future. Last one. The great Assemblies of God theologian and author... Meyer Perlman, long since gone from this world, said that, quote, justification is an act of God's free grace wherein He pardons all 
of our sins and accepts us as righteous in His sight. Despite the fact that elsewhere in the Bible we're told that our righteousness is as filthy rags. But He makes us something we're not. He makes us into something that we are not. We are not righteous. We are lost. We are sinful. We are carnal. We are separate. We sit and walk in darkness, whereas He is the light. And He takes us upon somehow, miraculously, something that I don't understand, I can't contemplate. We see the work of redemption done by God through Christ Jesus, acknowledging the fact, I need that right there because I know me. And He saves us, and then we walk from that point just as if I'd never sinned. We're made righteous. We have right standing with God. Dikayo is a Greek word. And as a matter of fact, it's the Greek word for our English word justified. And it means literally to render, that is to suggest, show or regard as just or innocent. In God's eyes, we as blood-bought children of God, we, He sees us as innocent and just. Whereas redemption, and this is, I'm recapping from before, and I'll bring justification into this. Whereas redemption was the divine action taken on the part of God to make salvation available to mankind through Jesus Christ, salvation then comes in response to the recognition of individual men and women of that divine action of redemption. So we have God's action, which opens the door to salvation. We have men recognizing that redemptive plan and their need of it. Salvation is then ushered into their lives, making, here we go, justification the divine decision or divine verdict where we are accepted and declared as innocent by God. Do you see that progression? This is going to help somebody. Whereas we tend to have a smorgasbord of terminologies that we throw around and use interchangeably, this is the progression. I want you to look up at the screen. This is the equation, how this works theologically. You say, that is so ridiculously simple. Guys, look at me, every one of you. We're all dirt. It needs to be simple. And here we go. Redemption, His divine action, putting this plan into motion, all because of His love. There's nothing else deeper about this. 
The love is unfathomably deep, but it's, it just boils down to the love. Redemption, His act, a divine act of, of having his, his Lamb come to the cross, die, get buried, and resurrect, and subsequently ascend, that's redemption. It's for everyone. doesn't matter who you are, how bad you are, how ugly you is. doesn't matter. Redemption is for all mankind. It is done and it's sitting, waiting to be accessed by men and women. All they have to do is be moved upon, Rob, changing the community. All they have to be is be moved upon by the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say to you and I? All power is given unto me. Therefore, you guys, go. All they need is to see their need for something that's sitting there in the ethereal ethereal kingdom of God waiting for them to access. It's called redemption. Faith in redemption, Jesus Christ, comes through what? Hearing Hearing comes through what? The Word of God. How likely are you to get your entire population of lost people that you know in your circle of friends and activities into this building? Not very likely. What does that mean? Call Michael. Call Tanner. Call Gary. Call the Williams. We're going to send them over there and talk to them about No, you are... This is waiting for every last person. The only reason you're saved is because that was staged and waiting for you to acknowledge your need for Jesus. And I'll bet you we could go for the rest of Sunday with testimonies about how God brought you to the place where you understand, man, I'm lost. Man, this is bad. And I need Savior. Redemption plus salvation. Salvation's not sitting there waiting for anybody. Salvation is the result of someone seeing and believing the redemptive plan of God. The redemptive plan of God is the free gift of grace through Jesus Christ. Salvation is there when they suddenly have that spiritual supernatural epiphany I am lost and I am undone and I need the Lord Jesus Christ to save me wham someone gets saved and it's as though it's automated machinery Tanner it's almost like it's automated I realize that we like to paint pretty theological pictures but the reality is this Someone recognizes the need for redemption. They get saved and wham! Immediately. Because the blood of Jesus Christ that was, was shed in redemption stage is suddenly applied to their life there. They are automatically as though they have never sinned in the eyes of God. Just as if I'd never sinned. That's the equation. And yes, believe it or not, it is that simple. It is just that. And so with that said, 
because that equation was established and set up by God Himself, to what degree are we secure? It doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on me. We didn't get saved because of something we did. We don't stay saved because of something we do. We stay saved because, frankly, anybody in this house who's, ob- who, who's honest with themselves, everything that you do is punctuated by about three things you do wrong. So you can't keep that equation in place with you. He keeps it in place because of His divine decision brought about by love. As jacked up as you and I are, and let's be honest, we are. That's what he says about us. That deals in the realm of grace, which is a totally different subject. Redemption must come first. The one in authority... That is, the judge must decide to initiate the process of pardon for the one, this is us, who was condemned. Redemption has to come first. It's not the same as salvation. Salvation must come next. Salvation follows Redemption. A person must recognize that they have been and that they need to be Redeemed before they can be saved. Redemption only guarantees salvation. And it is a guarantee. But redemption only guarantees salvation once the condemned acknowledges their need for that redemption. Everybody following? Okay. Finally, justification can then be declared. Justification is the sum of redemption and salvation combined. Being declared just or innocent must be proceeded by acknowledging guilt so that the judge can in fact declare the guilty no longer so, but forgiven and innocent forever. Everybody got that? Are we reasonably clear on this three-step theological process that God has established? Do we get it? Because if you don't get it, you need to buy the CD or listen to the podcast because you need to know how simple this is so that you can, in fact, change your community. You see, none of this at all has anything to do with preaching against what people are doing. It is what it has to do with is preaching in favor of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus Christ change the lost and the sinful. Let Him do that. And don't be the church that is judgy and self-righteous and pious all about themselves when they're looking in the mirror. Don't be that church. Nobody wants that church. In fact, 
The church has lost a great deal of its credibility in the world because that's what we hang out doing, talking about other people's faults, including our own. There's nothing uglier than infighting. But when we step outside of the church, having been given a commission to save the lost, preach the good news, redemption is established and it's free. There's your good news. Do that. Instead, we talk about, well, everything that the world does wrong and tell them they're going to hell. Number one, there's a whole bunch of folk out there that already know they're going to hell. They don't need you to tell them. Number two, there's a whole bunch of folk out there that just need someone that in the middle of their pain, their carnality, their anguish, their darkness, their sin, they just need someone to love them. Because imagine, oh, imagine the darkness of some people's lives that you come across. Just imagine the darkness. And do you realize that because of who you are, and I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but because of who you are, justified, You've been redeemed. You are saved by grace through Jesus Christ. And God sees you and considers you as justified before Him. From now and forever, as long as you abide in Him, imagine, He, he, he was the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Imagine the darkness that gets dispelled just because you walked in the room. How many of you have ever walked into a place that majors in darkness and you felt it? You felt it. Do you know why you felt it? Because your light is bumped right up next to it. And you know what our problem? Well, one of our problems is, and I'm not here to diss on the church. I'm part of it. One of our problems is we've got to get out of there as fast as we can. No, you need to hang out there and get a little brighter. Go ahead, Joss. It's okay. I hear so many people talk about their secular jobs and go, oh, it's so awful, it's so terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Your job may be awful and it may be terrible, but guess what? They don't need you to tell it's awful, it's terrible because people there are acting awful and terrible. What they need you to do is, is walk around as a light illuminating the darkness and, when everybody, and everybody ends up wanting to eventually be around you because you're not like the environment. Unless, of course, they don't like you. And they, their own environment is that darkness. Most people don't like the dark. Most men don't like the dark. You know why men don't? Because while they're at work, the wives have rearranged the furniture. And when they walk in in the dark, they run into the furniture that wasn't there before. So men are afraid of the dark. Now it's out there. Thank you, ladies. We 
we need to recognize who, who we are. Man, and I'm not suggesting you go do this unless the Lord tells you to. Okay? You walk into a biker bar. You might want to saddle up next to it, next to the bar or sit down at a table and just make yourself comfortable because you're the only light in the place. Get an ice water or a soda. Drink it and watch how all the darkness looks at you. We're afraid of the dark. But you know what the lie is? The dark's afraid of you. Because when the dark sees you, they're not looking at you. It's not looking at you. It's looking at Jesus. Because He's made you something you're not. Okay, let's move on. Because I know I've got to be running out of daylight. And I am. Right here, I want you to understand that I need to make a clarification. And I'm going to use Oswald Chambers to make said clarification. Okay, listen to this. Oswald Chambers said... I am not saved by believing. Let that sink in. I am not saved by believing. Meaning, I am not saved because I believe, therefore I am saved. I simply realize I am saved by believing. In other words, my belief helps me to realize that I am saved. And it's not repentance that saves me. Repentance is only the sign that I realize what God has done through Jesus Christ. Chambers is trying to drive home the point today that we did nothing to get redemption. And we only replied or responded to the Holy Spirit when He opened our eyes to that redemption. And we therefore are saved. And therefore we stand in justification, in the the status, the, the standing of justification. The danger we face is putting the emphasis on the effect, our belief or our repentance, instead of on the cause, Jesus Christ. It is my obedience. Is it, is it my obedience? Is it my consecration? Is it my dedication that make me right with God? Not only no, but never Never is it your obedience. Never is it your consecration. Never is it your dedication that makes you right with God. You are made right with God because prior to all of your consecration, prior to all of your dedication, prior to all of your obedience to God, Christ died for you. That's why you are saved. And I realize that right now it's noon. And so we're going to stop right here and right now. Justification is not the end of the process. There's, this equation actually goes out 
another step. Redemption plus salvation plus justification equals. Which is another concept that Packard introduced in Knowing God a week and a half ago. And that is adoption. And we're going to look at adoption too. In the next week or two. So with that said, can you all stand with me?